Welcome to the Well-Versed Podcast from Vintage Church. This is the ninth and final episode of season one of the Well-Versed Podcast. My name is Jasmine Din, And I am Matt Smith. And we're ready to wrap this thing up. We are. Welcome to the finale. This has been a really cool journey. Mm-hmm. It has taken different turns yeah. than we expected, like everything always does. Yes. Which is super cool, the way that, that we have something in mind and we think we know where God wants to take it. And then along the way, there are different things that he kind of weaves in and we believe it is from him. Mm-hmm. And so today we wrap this thing up, an episode that we had not originally planned to do. Right. But just as kind of a bookend and a way to wrap up this season, there was kind of a specific thing that's happened in the Gospels mm-hmm. that we want to kind of press into as we as we finish this first season. Yep. So through this season, we've been looking at the I am statements of Jesus and in the, specifically in the Gospel of John, which I don't, does he make these I am statements in any of the other Gospels? Um, they're, not they're, overtly, no, right? and not as specifically as the way that John records them. Because yeah. again, remember, many of the ones that John records happen in that upper room experience that right. the other Gospels no, don't spend no nearly does. as much time mm-hmm. on. And so, yeah, John is where you go to really find the, the depth of yeah. the I am's. So for this final episode, we're actually going to look at a passage that is found in all three of the other gospels, but not in John. Yeah, the other, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are known as the synoptic gospels, all record the event, encounter, conversation Mm -hmm. that we want to lean into today, which I think is a really cool practical way to wrap this up. Yeah, absolutely. It was my idea because it is actually a practice in my regular life. Uh, Tell us about that. So, okay, so last week we we talked about like remaining in Jesus and we didn't really get into, but kind of hit on this idea that um, like you need to examine the ways that you are intentionally pursuing intimacy with God. Mm. And, and so one, I want, I do kind of want to talk about that today of what are those practical ways that you are pursuing intimacy with God, mm. that you are, trying to remain close to him, that knowing that he is always near, knowing that like he is always present, what are the ways that we are, that we turn our attention? Like, what does that look like in our everyday life? Um, we had women's community group uh, about a month ago and in it, we were, well, we were talking about intimacy with God and the following community group, uh, Aggie, our women's community group leader, she has sort of posed a question at the end of community group that we then answered at the beginning of this next one. And it was like, how are you pursuing intimacy with God? What does that look like in your life? Mm. So here's a room of, I don't know, 50 or 60 women. And she just asks, tell me, what does that look like in your life? And it was like crickets. And I knew I was kind of sitting at the back of the room. I know that women in that room are pursuing intimacy with God. I know it because I talk to them. I have these conversations, but it was like when we were in the whole group, people were sort of afraid of saying, this is actually what that looks like because they didn't want to appear either dumb or too holy or like there's so many different, um, maybe motives or reasons that you wouldn't, 
want to share that, you know, because it's, it's never about, okay, I need to copycat someone else's routine, right? And so because of that, we're sort of hesitant to say, this is what I do. Um, but I also think kind of in that moment, I thought, man, I wish more people would share because so much of my practice and ways that I draw close to the Lord has been because somebody else taught me. Because I heard somebody say, this is something that I've been doing and it's really helped me. Mm. And then, because I think that if we think we are solely responsible for spontaneously cultivating a relationship with Jesus, I think we're really missing the boat. Because this whole thing, like everything that Jesus taught, he didn't teach to like one solitary disciple. He was teaching to all of them. And so we need to be learning from each other. And so for a minute here, I wanna talk about what that actually practically looks like in in our lives. Um, sort of peel back like Pastor Matt and just like Matt at home. Mm. Um, what does that What does that look like for you? Yeah, and I th- as you're talking, I think one of the things that keeps people kind of quiet uh-huh. about this is they're convinced I'm not doing it right. Yeah. And it's not complicated. No, it's really not. And I think that's what we think is, we think But this, if we never talk about it. Oh, for sure. It will stay complicated. 100%. It's, it's, it's much more, it's consistent, it's not complicated. Yes. That... Intimacy with Jesus is about consistency. It's not about this complicated, rigid, and even we use word like spiritual disciplines. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. super intimidating for people, but sure. just that word. The word, yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is gonna sound really weird or, or, or churchy or, I don't know, but everything I do mm-hmm. is pursuing intimacy with Jesus. Right. That it's this having him on my mind, thinking about him, mm-hmm. uh, constantly wondering what he wants from me, what he desires for me. Uh, yes, it's, it's. I think there, there are these things that every day we do. Mm-hmm. Spend time reading in the scriptures, mm-hmm. diving into the word, praying over it. You know, I'm a huge journaler. Mm-hmm. Uh, journaling is a huge part of my intimacy with Jesus because mm-hmm. really while I'm writing, it's almost like I'm, I'm telling him about my day. Hmm. It's like we're having, like that's how I pray. Like, Lord, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. This is, and that's the thing about, you can't have intimacy without learning about him, but but kind of sharing about you. Yes. And yes, he already knows everything and that kind of thing. But that's that's this process of just writing and, and journaling. Reading scripture and journaling are the two things that keep me so intimately connected with him as as things that I practice every single day mm-hmm. where I'm putting pen to paper and just writing down thoughts, writing down ideas. And then all of a sudden, if you if you read my journal, which you never will, uh, there's just a moment That's where- That's a whole you, other conversation we when, can have. <laughs> when I pray, it's, I write Lord in all capitals. Mm-hmm. And then there's a sentence and then I'll write a little bit more and then Lord. And then it's it's something in vain of what I was writing, talking to him about, telling mm-hmm. him about, thinking about, and now asking him to for, for wisdom in it or direction from it or all those kinds of things. But then there's other other things that that I do that are that are not necessarily as planned or scheduled or rigid that are mm-hmm. just Ride in the car and just feel this prompting. Turn the radio off. 
mm-hmm. and just sit. Just be quiet. Just be quiet. Just listen. Uh, there's working out in my garage mm-hmm. and there's worship music mm-hmm. on the TV. And that's a way of just connecting with God, putting my mind on him. You know, so much of intimacy with God is about putting the things of God in my mind, in my heart. Yeah. Uh, and it comes to that that pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we think that means our eyes closed and like talking to God in this very uh, right. traditional way. But when I hear pray without ceasing, it's this stay in constant communication with God. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and that happens just in the most random times mm. of keeping him always in mind, on mind, and pursuing him through all those means. Mm-hmm. And there's other and then there's seasons where there's new things that I that come into my life mm-hmm. for a little while that I only do for a week or a month. Sure. And it's and it's kind of spirit led and and then there's those random times where, you know, before we were before we started recording, we were talking about dreams. There's times that God will wake me up in the middle of the night. Yep. And it's just I'll spend some time talking to him. Uh sometimes I'll quietly get out of the bed and and Neil. Go, mm-hmm. Yeah, or just yeah. and so yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it absolutely does. Uh, and you know, I think that what, if you start talking about this with your people, you'll hear a lot of these same themes come up. It's spending time in scripture. It's having some way of journaling, of recording either your thoughts or what you're praying. Or a lot of times, y'all, my journal. I'm literally copying down scripture. Mm. I am writing, um, not because I, I mean, I, I do write my Bible, but um, like I will, I'll read a, a passage. I'll read it out loud, even just like mm. quietly. Um, Cause there's something about the spoken word that is really powerful. Like it, it puts it in my mouth and not just in my heart because I want to, to be ready with a word on my tongue, um, to speak truth over someone, um, to even like remind myself of truth. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, um, like I'll, I'll read it out loud, but then I'll actually write it down. And then I'll sort of journal almost around, like I'll, like the very middle of the journal is the, like the passage of scripture and then all around it, like I'm just writing tons and tons of notes. Um, like prayer kinds of notes through scripture. And that's one thing I'm trying to learn right now is as I'm reading scripture that I'm not reading for study necessarily. I mean, there is a, a time for that, sure. you know, um, but that's usually not my my first pass. Um, like, what is it? What is God inviting me to, to pray through this? Um, that when you're when you're interacting, when you're reading scripture, you're interacting with the Word of God, while the Spirit of God is in you, and so there's this really interesting like dynamic that's happening. Um, I. Uh, Matt has challenged us for years and years and years to journal. I am a terrible journaler because I value writing so much. I have a hard time just plopping it all down on a paper because then I think like, okay, who's going to burn these for me one day? Um, And so I get stuck. I get stuck in the um, the syntax, I get stuck in like, okay, that's actually not what I'm saying. Like, okay, I need a better way to say this. Like I'm editing my journal as I'm writing. Uh, and so one thing, kind of going back to this, uh, this passage we're gonna talk about today, uh, I read a book a couple years ago called Waymaker by Ann Boskamp. And through this book, she talks about a way that she journals. 
And it resonated with me so much because it's the way that I grow in intimacy with people um, is through questions. I am not someone typically who volunteers a lot of things. Like, I'm not just gonna come up and tell you how I'm feeling that day. I'm not just gonna tell you about my childhood. I'm not just gonna tell you my experience. I'm not just gonna like tell you what I'm pondering over in my mind unless you ask. And if you ask, I will tell you because I'm gonna assume- The floodgates will open. That if you do not ask, you do not want to know, you know? And so uh, that has honestly been- uh, like in our marriage, even something that we've had to to talk through because I just mm. don't volunteer information. Mm. I assume that if you're not asking about me, you don't want to know about me. Mm. So I'm not going to tell you. And I will ask you about you all day long because that's how I relate. You yeah. know, like I want to know about you. And um, so through this book, Waymaker and Voskamp um, sort of outlines a way of journaling through the questions in the Bible that God asks in the Bible. So it starts out, the very first question in scripture, where are you, Hmm. Ayeka? So like in the morning, the first thing I think is, where are you in relation to me? Jasmine, when you sit here in your yellow chair, where are you in relation to me? Is there anything that's between me and you today? Is there anything that is keeping you from getting to my heart? Is there anything that's keeping me from being able to get to your heart? And so like, that's the first thing that I think about. The first thing that I journal is where are you? And so we go through the, all these questions in scripture, like where are you coming from and where are you going? Um, which is what God asks Hagar in the desert after she, after she flees from Abraham and Sarah, that evaluation of like, what are you coming out of? What are you not wanting to stay in anymore? And where are you going to? Like, where are you aiming? Mm. Um, and so I've just been paying attention to the questions in scripture. And one of the main questions I think is so important for us to ask, and especially in light of this series that we just went through of the I am statements of Jesus is when Jesus turns around, he asks the question, he asks the disciples, he says, um, this is, if you wanna look in Mark, you can look in any of the gospels, but um, this is Mark chapter eight, starting in verse 27. It says, Jesus went out with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the road, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They answered him, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he strictly warned them to tell no one about him. And that question, who do you say I am, Mm. is a question that I ask myself that I feel like God asks me every day is declare, who am I? Who do you say that I am to? Not, not who, does, who does the preacher say that I am? Not who did the podcast say that I am? But Jasmine, you, who do you say that I am? Who are you looking for me to be today? Like, who do you say that I am? And it's when I respond to that question, it's based in scripture. It's not just like, oh, like you're the rainbow in the sky. You know, it's this, tr- like, who do you say that I am? Who are you claiming me to be? Not just to the world, but to your own heart. And how does that shape the way that you live your life? Um, so that's kind of the practice for me of just answering the questions in scripture of, especially this one, who do you say that I am? Yeah, and... 
I very much wrestle that question to a practical level because I am, I'm very much about, I don't care what your mouth says about God. <laughs> uh-huh. What does your life yeah. reflect? Yeah. That, that and, and, and as you mentioned, thinking about this, Peter makes this declaration, you know, and, you know, I think we, we've elevated Peter to this, like he was the only one brave enough to say this, mm-hmm. but I think there was, there was this common, like Peter, tell him. Tell yeah, him who, they who had we, already talked about it. Tell him who we think that you are, yeah. that, that he is. And so he wasn't just, it wasn't just Peter who had this belief. It's very evident that the disciples, I mean, maybe Judas, who knows, <laughs> uh, were, were making this declaration of him. But I think that, you know, I think about all the times where, where Jesus says, there will be many who cry out, Lord, Lord. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, in Luke 6, that uh, we, well, we have covered in, in this uh, Out of Nazareth series. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I, do what I tell mm-hmm. you to do? Yeah. Why don't why do you call me why do you call me Lord Lord but you don't obey my obey my teaching? Right. I'm and not so your Lord. It's it's yes, it is a very good practice to you know, we've looked at this is who Jesus says he is, but so we know what, what he, he thought about himself. Mm-hmm. But what does your life reveal mm. about who he is? Mm-hmm. Yes, with what you say about him and there you know, we live in a very quote unquote Christian culture here in the South in Randolph yeah. County, all these things. And I don't know where people are watching from, but there's a lot of people that make a declaration of, of faith. I also think about there's a time where Jesus says, you come near me with near to me with your lips, mm-hmm. but your hearts, hearts are, are far, far from, from me. me. That you can declare a lot of things with your words and with your mouth. And yes, out of, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. But what does your life reveal about him? Mm-hmm. And to me, this is where bringing it back to journaling mm-hmm. is a good practice. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I do as I journal is the last day of every month, I read my yeah, journal entries from that month. Mm, that's a good practice. And because I think I'm very different maybe than the way that you journal. I'm really pouring out my heart. I'm talking about what I'm feeling. I'm talking mm-hmm. about where I'm frustrated. I'm confessing mm. attitudes that I had as I reflected yeah. uh, on the day before. I'm reflecting on, you know, there's times I reflect on conversations that I have with our staff mm-hmm. and thinking about, Lord, did I say this right? What was in my heart? Why did I say this? Why Why did I do that interaction that way? And and mm. And so basically I'm getting a window back into my own life and is the way I'm thinking are the things that, I, and I'll even write down, this is what I did yesterday. Here's here's a conversation I had with Aiden. And, and then I'm able to see, I'm able to look at my life in a really honest way mm-hmm. and think about the things I did well, the things I did not so well, and kind of get a window in, is my life, my thoughts, my actions, is everything reflecting who you want me to be? And did something I write on, the the third of March, and compared to what I wrote on the twenty fourth of March, mm-hmm. is there any growth? Is there any change? Is there? And sometimes I read that I'm like, one of the things people will never be able to steal my journal and read it because it's chicken scratch. It's just you can barely even read it. But the thing that I've written most in my journal is I don't know. Mm. There's some. There's a situation I don't know what to do here. I don't know how to do this. I don't mm-hmm. know what to, you know. And there's this this confession of, 
of trying to figure things out. And so that just gives me this, I don't even really know why I said that, but there's just this window back into the life that I'm putting down on paper. Mm. How does it reflect who I claim Jesus to be in my life and the way that I pray and the things that I'm lamenting over mm-hmm. and wrestling with. And I think if if we want to get to this point where we want to do more than just say who he is, mm-hmm. or we want lives that reflect those words, yeah. finding a way to somehow lay those two things side by side mm-hmm. and examine it mm-hmm. is really important. Yeah. And I think that you don't want to go all the way to the edge of, to this to swing to the side of, well, if your life doesn't reflect it, then you shouldn't say these things about God, you know? Because I think these things you're doing at the same time. Mm. Like I'm saying, um, God, mm. you are you are Emmanuel, you are God with us. That's one, that's one of the things, like when I answer this question that I always uh, am drawn to, it's one of my favorite names for God is that reminder like that I am not alone. So it's, I'm making this declaration that I am aware that God is with us, that He is present, that He is active, that um, that He moves close. And then laying it against, okay, then in my lived experience, mm. am I living as though He has hung me out to dry? Mm. Am I living as though... Um, he is going to wait on me to make every move. Am I living in? Am I living in such a way then that reflects God is with me? Mm. I don't have to be afraid. If if God is for me, like who's going to be against me, and why would I even care? Mm. Um, am I trying to please God? Am I trying to please man? So all of these things start to come up as I name. Who do you say that I am? Mm. And um, and so I I would say. You know, if you wanted to kind of bring this into practice of who do you say that I am? One, be honest. Mm. Um, who do you say that I am? I don't know. Mm. Who, do you, who do you say that I am? You're far away. Mm. Who, do you, who do you say that I am? Like, can you be honest about that question first? Of who do you say that I am? I mean, I think that you're God but I don't know what that means for me. Say that, like have an honest reflection in it. Two, go to scripture. Who does God say that he is? Because if we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, okay, then let's start there. Let's not start with who do I feel like you are or who do I experience you to be? No, who do you say that you are? God, you say that you are compassionate, that you are kind, that you are slow to anger, that you are rich and about like in loving kindness, that these are the things that you say are true about yourself. Let me, I believe that, but help my unbelief, you know? Yeah. I, that's why, you know, when we talked about how do we gain that intimacy with God, that scripture has to mm. be such a vital part of that. Yeah. Because sometimes who he seems to be will stand in contrast to who he says he is. Mm-hmm. And you need to be reminded of who he says he is. Because hmm. I have people all the time, I just don't feel like God's close. You can believe he's close because his word says he is. Yeah. And, you know, and there will be moments, you know, I, I've said this at church before that 
we have to retreat to the word to calibrate our image of God because yes. life will paint an inaccurate portrait of who he is Correct. based on the circumstances that we're navigating in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's why, and I think that's part of the reason why we started this podcast, this Well-Versed podcast. And I think that's why it was really cool that we started this this whole new journey in podcasting with these I am statements that I don't know who you feel like Jesus is right now, mm-hmm. but resting in who he says he is and trusting who he says he is, mm-hmm. is really important, important to kind of crossing that bridge mm-hmm. between what you feel and what you're experiencing versus what he said. Hmm. Does that I make like sense? That. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, I think about this, uh, this quote that I came across uh, by, it's Kurt Thompson. He's an MD. He's a Christian. Um, he's a psychiatrist and uh, like knows all the things about like neurobiology and like how your brain mm. works and all that kind of stuff. And um, in his book, Anatomy of the Soul, he says, uh, what you pay attention to is what you will remember. And what you will remember is what you will anticipate in the future. Mm. And so, you know, even you thinking about, um, like going back and reading your journals, like going back and remembering. What you pay attention to is what you remember. And so your journal is a a testament of what you're paying attention to, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, what you're reading in scripture, who you're naming God to be, that is what you're paying attention to. Mm -hmm. I'm paying attention to what God says about himself in scripture. I'm paying attention to the way that he interacted with people from from Genesis to Revelation. That's what I'm paying attention to. What I pay attention to is what I will remember. And like last night, I was uh, telling the guys right before we recorded this podcast, I had a terrible dream last night. And I mean, it was awful, like cried out in my sleep kind of dream. And I woke up and y'all, I was still afraid, like laying in my bed in my house with my security alarm on, I am afraid. And I'm laying there, I'm like, God, I know that you don't want me to be afraid. And I'm like in this sleepy state, like I'm trying to call to mind the things that I remember about who God is, Mm. about those promises for me. And in my, I, it was like, I was trying, all I could think of was song lyrics at the moment. And I was like, no, 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 God, like those song lyrics are great. I want your word, like, recall your word to me. And um, I, thought, I thought about Psalm 23. Mm. And like, even if I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And so like, I just kept saying that over and over. And it's like, God, I know that you're with me. Like, I don't have to fear any evil, especially not in my dreams, like, because you are with me. Even if it is a real evil, you are with me. And so like, what I have paid attention to was what I will remember. But then to extend it into what you remember is what you will anticipate in the future. Mm. So like, if you remember God as being active, as being present, as being good, as being um, holy, as being patient, that's what you're gonna expect him to be in the future. So when I do come up on those, those times of, of trial, of hardship, of question, of I don't know times, God will always be in the future who he's always been in the past because God is unchanging, you know? And if I'm calibrating that, I love that word. If you're calibrating that through the truth of scripture, then you're anticipating no, it might, God might not act in the way that you think that he's going to out of that character, but he's always going to be 
that same God that he's always claimed to be and the one that you've always experienced him to be. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's what we would challenge everybody to do is who do you say that he is? And that what what are you speaking? What are you remembering? What are Mm. you recalling? And then how are you reflecting that in the way that you live your life, approach your fears, uh, chase your dreams, walk into your career. And because those things, these I am statements that we walk through, they have a practical touch Mm. to every area of our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. All right, we've got like a minute-ish left. So I want to ask you a question. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So this podcast, actually, when we got started- I can answer in a minute? Yes. (laughs) You can't ask me a question that I would answer in a minute, but you, sure. Um, When we started this podcast, it actually wasn't going to be a whole podcast. It was just going to be like a Lent 2023, whatever. And then as we kind of started talking, I was like, no, let's, like, this could be a a podcast and we'll do multiple seasons or whatever. Well, this is the end of season one. So Matt Smith, in a minute or less, you got any ideas for future seasons of the podcast? I didn't ask him this beforehand. I don't. I actually was thinking about that this morning uh-huh. and thought that that would be a cool thing to put out to people. Okay. What, what would people like us to talk about in future seasons? Mm-hmm. And keeping in mind that the 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 whole purpose of this podcast, the reason why it's called Well-Versed is because we want to look at all of scripture to kind of speak into the things that are practically important to mm-hmm. our lives. And so I'm open to anything. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what's cool about our church and cool about this podcast because there are certain things that are hard to tackle mm. in a monologue yeah, sermon. Yeah, Sunday yep. And so if there are issues, uh, and I hesitate to put this out there, we will not honor every single request, but <laughs> there's, if there are issues that, that we want to, to dive into and say, hey, what does all of scripture say about these different things? Uh, I'm, I'm open to that. Okay. Uh, I don't have anything necessarily specifically in mind. I love what we've done so far. And even our idea of podcasting has evolved from Mm -hmm. midweek lives. And if you've missed those, last year when we walked through from like Genesis to Jesus, that was Mm -hmm. super cool. Also midweek live, we did the life and teachings of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Go back and, and, and dive into those and let us know what you would like to hear us dive into. We don't really know when the next season will start. A lot of it is depending on schedule because it takes a lot. Once again, yeah. we want to thank Storm and, and Dustin and all the folks that have made this possible and made it so cool and, and fun to do. And it does take a lot of energy really for our team yeah. to do this. So, But season two will come at some point. Topic to be determined. All right. Y'all, thank you so much for joining us for this first season of the Well-Versed Podcast. We cannot wait to hear from you. And until season two, bye. Thank you.